It's Midday Magazine for Wednesday, September 27th. I'm Shelby Herbert. A Petersburg High School student made threats against the Petersburg School District's secondary school yesterday afternoon. This is the second threat to the school district by a student in less than two weeks. Superintendent Erica Klute-Painter sent out an email to parents Tuesday evening and said, quote, This incident is completely unrelated to the previous threat investigation, unquote. In an interview with KFSK, Klute Painter said the student won't be at school for the foreseeable future. I guess the reassurance at this point is that the student has not been on campus and will not be on campus. The school district was made aware of the threat by the Petersburg Police Department, who first learned of the incident. Petersburg Police Chief Jim Kerr says that they have already concluded their investigation and do not believe that there is an immediate threat to the schools. He says that if that weren't the case, police officers wouldn't have sent their own children to school this morning. Our kids would not be there. That would be the first thing you would see is all of our kids gone from there when we we sent them all to school today. So I hope that puts people at ease. Kerr says this case wasn't provoked by the threat made against the school district earlier this month. I don't believe this was inspired by the last one or anything like that. Clute Painter stresses that there is no immediate threat of harm at this time. She says that there will be an additional police presence at the school in the coming days as a reassurance to students, staff, and families. But, she says, making sure all students are safe and thriving in the schools is a constant. It's always a priority. We don't have the luxury of just focusing on academics in our schools. We, we have to focus on the overall health of our of all of our kids and that can mean physical health um, that can mean mental health that can mean all all pieces of that so we have to we have to look at the whole child we have to look at them within their family setting we have to look at them within our school setting Clute Painter says that the district has three previously scheduled training and meeting events geared towards school safety coming up They include a restorative practices in-service day this Friday, an annual crisis meeting next week, and lockdown training in early November. A forum hosted by KFSK and the Petersburg Pilot last Thursday underscored the difference between candidates running for the Petersburg Borough Assembly. Candidates Rob Schwartz, Jeff Nucci, Jay Stanton-Greger, and Rick Perkins are running for two assembly seats and all attended the forum. Each candidate got a chance to say their piece about local policy matters and answer questions from the community. The assembly candidates are looking ahead at new policy measures, but they're still rehashing events from the peak pandemic years. Candidates began with their opening statements. First up to the plate, incumbent assembly member Jeff Miucci. He's had a long career in local politics, having served as a city councilor for five years and as the city mayor for four. Miucci was elected to his assembly seat in 2017. He served through the height of the pandemic and says his policy decisions drew harsh criticism from COVID-19 conspiracy theorists in the community, some of whom were present at the candidate forum. I think it's very important to understand who is running for office. Last night we heard from a hospital board candidate who thought that the worldwide health emergency was a scheme to depopulate the planet. He's referring to Don Koenigs, who's running for Petersburg's hospital board and who sat in the audience. I've been yelled at as I tried to enter the municipal building during the pandemic by one of the candidates for assembly. He's referring to fellow candidate for assembly Rob Schwartz 
who's running for office for the first time. Mucci continued on, voicing his support for school funding and the new hospital project. I support a vibrant and well-funded school system to prepare our children for the challenges that wait for them after they graduate. I support the hospital board and the hospital CEO's effort to build a new medical facility. Schwartz responded, extending his thanks to Miyuchi for his long career in local government and acknowledging his own leadership in protests against the mask and vaccine mandates of yesteryear. He's been in there a long time and been serving the community a long time. It's a humbling thing to be asked to serve. We want to get past the COVID. I was spouting off quite a bit about God-given rights a few years ago and trying to communicate some of the frustrations that uh, the community was feeling. And I understand the need to get over it and move on. Much of the night's discussion revisited the COVID-19 pandemic. But there was another public health issue at the forefront of everybody's minds, the new hospital project. You see, the clock is ticking on the major systems of the existing facility. In 2015, Petersburg Medical Center completed a comprehensive facility condition assessment. The results show that almost all major infrastructure and architectural standards were at the end or had even exceeded their life cycle. The latest estimate for the new hospital is $85 million, which Medical Center CEO Phil Hofstetter says would be paid for by government grants. He says repairing the existing facility could cost the borough upwards of $110 million. Schwartz said he's not strictly against the idea of a new hospital, but he said there are a lot of communication issues between the hospital and residents that he wants to help fix. And one of the weaknesses was public perception. I really believe they thought they're doing their due diligence in trying to get information out and getting uh, input from the public. But I think with a lot of people, they just have many questions that they want answered. Rick Perkins, also a newcomer to the ballot, echoed that sentiment. There's a lot of unknowns there. I hear a lot of good from both sides and and from the public. I think the public is needs to be better informed so they can see what direction this is actually heading in. Stanton Greger made his support for the project clear. He served on the assembly for six years and is running again after having lost his seat in the last election. I will work with the hospital board, the hospital CEO, anyone from the CNA to the lab techs, to the doctors to um, help that project along. So I think it's critical for our future. The hospital is thriving. It's going to make for a thriving community. As far as education policy is concerned, Schwartz taught in the Petersburg School District for 26 years, and he said his number one priority is the kids. He agreed with his opponents that the schools deserve financial support. Yeah, everything's getting more expensive. Operating maintenance costs are higher. Having a good school in our town attracts people in. It's a reason to stay, improves the quality of life. Rick Perkins agreed, saying the borough assembly made a good decision in raising the local contribution. This summer, the borough increased its funding to local schools for the first time in 20 years. This followed line-item budget cuts from the state, which administrators say threatened their ability to continue normal operations. Stanton Gregor stood fast in his support for education funding. It has been 20 years since that local funding has increased. It's become even more critical given Governor Dunleavy's uh, pickle he's put the state in in terms of education. So as far as we as a community, I think it is incumbent upon us to fully fund our education in Petersburg. The panel also fielded questions about more specific policy issues. Mucci and Stanton Gregor retracted their previously held positions on the Alaska Natives Without Land campaign. When the congressional delegation asked Petersburg's Borough Assembly for a letter of support last year, they sent a letter opposing it. 
At the forum, both candidates said they'll get behind the idea if a letter comes before them again. Schwartz and Perkins said they weren't sure about where they stood on the issue. On specific policy issues, Perkins was forthcoming throughout the night about what he didn't know. On the landless legislation... I'll be honest, I don't know enough about it to comment on it. On child care needs in the community... I don't have an answer to that, to be honest. I'll look into it. And on staffing and retention in the police department. I truly don't have the answer to that. Maybe we should take confession. I don't know. But Perkins didn't hold back about what he did know. And he knows he doesn't want the borough expanding its plotting authority outside of Service Area 1. In plain English, they shouldn't. And I don't see any reason why we should be governed by the borough. I don't think they should uh, be involved in what goes on out the road. Mucci and Stanton Gregor said they're open to expanding the borough's platting authority. Schwartz said he needed to do some homework on the topic before he forms an opinion. At the end of the night, community members got to step up to the podium and ask the candidates their own questions. Hospital board candidate Don Koenigs asked the candidates for assembly if they support Petersburg's chief of police, Jim Kerr. Stanton Greger, Schwartz, and Perkins all answered yes. But for Miucci, the matter was a bit more complicated. Last year, he was the subject of a workplace harassment complaint filed by Kerr after he criticized the police chief's public opposition to enforcing the borough's COVID protocols. Um, I found through that process that it's just best for me not to say anything about the police chief. And I've been advised by the borough attorney that it's just best not to say anything about that. So Right now, Chief Kerr is suing the borough a fact that Don Koenigs is unquestionably aware of. Koenigs is also suing the borough for not fulfilling a records request he submitted for Kerr's original complaint. In Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert. You can listen to the borough assembly and hospital board candidate forums in their entirety on our website, kfsk.org. Petersburg's library board has three open seats in next week's municipal election. Five people are running. The board helps the library communicate with the public and plan for the future. It also acts as a sounding board for policy changes with borough librarian Tara Alcock. Hannah Flora sat down with Lizzie Thompson to talk about why she's running for the position. Thompson says she loves to read and spend time in Petersburg's public library. I love the library and I love being on the library board. I've been on it since 2010, and I'm very inspired by Tara's leadership, and I think libraries are super important. The library for me as a child was a refuge. I think if I hadn't had the library to go to, I would have turned out to be a very different person. Uh, what experiences do you have that make you a good candidate for the library board? Well, I'm a writer, and I'm a reader. I'm curious. I like to think I'm open-minded. And I just think keeping a library vital and relevant is exciting. What do you think the library currently does well? Well, I mean, honestly, just about everything from how clean and well-kept it is. I don't know if people in town have seen the plants in there. They are amazing. It's so well-maintained. It's just such a wonderful feeling in that space. 
and the programming and the services, you know, our library goes above and beyond. We do a lot of things other libraries don't do because of how remote we are, like the passports. Um, and the children's program is super enriching. And in a town where there's not a lot for kids to do, um, that's just priceless. What would you like to see changed or improved at the library? Well, I'm one of those people that wishes the library was open all weekend, which is also a throwback to how important the library was to me as a child. I think on the dark weekends in the winter, um, I would I would like both Parks and Rec and the library to be open for children who are out of school that day. And not everybody has an engaged family making fun plans for Sunday. So that's what I would like to see change. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, am I allowed to say, go out and vote? That was candidate for library board Lizzie Thompson speaking with Hannah Floor. KFSK is airing conversations with candidates for the library board this week. Previously aired conversations can be found on our website at kfsk.org. Petersburg's municipal election is Tuesday, October 3rd. Early voting is available weekdays from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the municipal building. KFSK has an open airwaves policy. This station encourages the public to use KFSK for the expression of personal opinions, ideas, and creative works. These opinions are available on our website, kfsk.org, following the scheduled radio broadcast. The following was submitted for broadcast by Dana Tinas. If you confine your information sources to NPR and the 5 o'clock news, you may have missed what occurred in Ottawa, Canada during the Truckers' Freedom Convoy. Rather than hearing the grievances of the protesters or even meeting with them, Prime Minister Trudeau declared an emergency and activated a joint force of federal, provincial and municipal police to end the protesters' rally forcefully, not confining themselves to smashing truck windows and confiscating fuel and personal property, horse-mounted policemen rode into the crowds, even brutally trampling an old woman. The 2020 emergency ordinance endorsed by Assemblymember Mucci and then Assemblymember, now candidate, Stanton Greger, leaves room for this very kind of eventuality. Not intentionally, of course, but none of us can see what sorts of people might be making decisions in the future. Petersburg Borough Code reads in Section 3.72.060A, Upon declaration of a civil emergency under Section 3.72.040, the Borough Manager, the Incident Commander, and the Assembly are each authorized to issue any or all of the following orders within the Borough. Part 2 call up regular and auxiliary law enforcement agencies and organizations within or without the borough to assist in preserving and keeping the peace within the borough. Completely reasonable, right? No, this is legal code that could be used to bring in the National Guard or mercenaries, far-fetched as it seems. Citizens spoke up in 2020 and pled with the Assembly to remove this offensive clause, but our pleas and arguments were ignored.
Mr. Stanton Greger expressed deep personal offense during the candidate forum that Petersburg residents feared the assembly would ever take such a step. It is not fear, call it justified concern. Under current code, our civil liberties depend upon the assembly's benevolence rather than the rule of law. Are we to believe that the assembly is so different from the rest of flawed humanity that its members are immune to bad decisions or even corruption? None of us are immune to corruption. Mr. Mucci wishes to rely upon experts, which seems sensible, but what if the experts are only government-ordained mouthpieces? The experts have been wrong about everything. They were wrong about the masks. They were wrong about the safety and efficacy of the COVID vaccines. They were wrong about the lockdown. The latest booster shots weren't even tested on humans. They were tested on 10 mice. They call that the science. And for me to tell you this is misinformation. In Lahaina's firestorm last month, the experts failed to supply water for five hours with which to put out the fire. They failed to activate siren warnings for the citizens, many of whom knew nothing about the fire until it was in their own backyard. Worst of all, someone gave the police orders to put up barricades and turn families escaping the fire in their cars back toward the fire again. The people who survived either disobeyed the deadly orders and drove around the barricades or jumped into the ocean to get away from the fire. The rest ended up dead, trapped in their vehicles. Unlike Mr. Mucci and Mr. Stanton Greger, I don't think government has all the answers. That's why I'm voting for two candidates who seem to express some humility, open-mindedness, and willingness to learn new things, good qualities for public servants. Rob Schwartz, and Rick Perkins. Thank you. I'm Dana Tinas. KFSK encourages the on-air public expression of personal opinions, ideas, and creative works. For information, please call Tom Abbott at 907-772-3808. KFSK will not air commentaries related to an election on Election Day. This year's municipal election will be held on Tuesday, October 3rd. For KFSK, I'm Shelby Herbert.